This is The Blunt Doctor Show on a Saturday, a Saturday evening, and um, no sports on this one. Um, DMX has passed away, um, and I know that this is old news at this point. Um, I wanted to do a podcast just talking about what DMX has meant to me as an idol, um, as you know, a musician, as a rapper, just whatever. Um, and I reached out and got a couple people to come on, so in a few minutes we're going to have um, John and Lance join me who came on to talk about um, you know, what DMX has been to them, and we'll talk about their podcast and everything in a moment. But um, just for me, I just want to talk a little bit, because we mostly talked about, we recorded this yesterday morning, and while we were talking, DMX actually passed, and that was really fucking horrible. Um, but in any case, we, we really focused on our emotions about the whole thing and what we felt and how we came to DMX. Um, or, you know, just what we had struggled with in terms of mental health or drug issues, because it was just, it's just been such a profound story and there's so many angles and, you know, just truthfully, we talked more about our personal aspects. And I just wanted to talk for a few minutes before I bring that in about, um, DMX's music. And there is simply never going to be anyone who is this authentic again. He is... You know, he came from real shit. DMX, you know, grew up in a tough era for New York when we know the way that police targeted young black men. We know the levels of crime uh, that existed for so long there. And we know that in the post-crime era, it was really just a police state. Um, and we know how difficult that has been. And so much of the rap that came out of that era was incredible. And as I'm going to talk about later, uh, I was kind of late to the party on DMX, not on rap in general, but on New York rap and DMX and everything um, in that area, because I really had been mostly a West Coast rap fan as a kid. Obviously, I was a fan of Eminem, because every young white boy was a fan of Eminem back then. Um, but I had mostly really gravitated toward West Coast rap, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Tupac, you know, um, and this is, you know, the late 90s uh, when I started, you know, really becoming obsessed with rap. And so, you know, Coolio was my first rap CD. I was really all about West Coast rap. Just truthfully, that was where I was at. And so um, when I really first started becoming a fan of DMX and when I got to listen to DMX and hear him, it was literally a game changer for me, like completely. And it's not as if I had never heard New York rap. It's not as if I had never heard Biggie, things like that. But, um, you know, in the early 2000s, when I really started to listen to DMX, it spoke to me in a way that, I don't know, just the power, the aggression. You know, DMX attacked the microphone. You know, I used to say about Gerald Green when he dunked that he attacked the rim like the rim had done something personal to his family and he was going to fucking smash that rim until the rim understood how angry he was. And I felt like DMX felt the same way on the microphone. Like DMX saw a microphone and he was going to cook that microphone until it was fucking roasted and couldn't be used again. Like that's what he was. And there was never a song that didn't just hit. And you know, the thing is, is that like he became, he and Swiss Beats like became synonymous with each other. And it's, there's such a like, not that Swiss Beats never produced for anyone else. We know that. But when you hear those horns and you know DMX is coming and it's just, oh, it's like, this is a Swiss Beats track. This is a DMX track. You know, that's, um, that's what's incredible. And it turns out DMX has a forthcoming album, which hopefully, uh, which I know that we're all going to, you know, check out and hopefully, you know, it's finished properly and done well. 
Um, I can't wait for it. Um, and, you know, DMX is a person who could have returned to the game and absolutely destroyed it. You know, X had, I believe it was six straight Billboard 200 albums debut number one. Then he had an album debut number two. And that was kind of, I believe he never put out another solo album after that. And so, you know, he was returning to the game. He's going to have, he's got so many good cameos. There was so much shit that was going to happen. And now it's just, it's heartbreaking, man. But just, we'll get into all the sadness. You'll hear a lot of that here in a bit. But just musically, um, you know, I, when I rap, have a fairly raspy voice. Um, I've been compared to cannabis a lot, uh, which is like a huge compliment. Cannabis is one of my favorite, if not my favorite rappers. So I love that. But I always like end up in some ways, not trying to sound like DMX or whatever. I could never sound like DMX no matter what I did. But like you end up like hearing that. And like I used to hear the graveliness in my voice when I would rap and I would hate it. And I would think it sounded dumb and stupid and lame. And then DMX comes along and it's like everything. And it's like his whole persona is that he's, you know, the dog and he's, you know, and it's just, um, I don't know. It made me embrace that about myself. And it's not like my rap career ever went anywhere, right? You guys have never even heard me rap. It doesn't matter. I've rapped for me. Like I recorded in my home studio a, re- a couple of EPs. You know, I posted shit on Twitter, whatever. The biggest thing about me, man, is that I do things for myself. Okay. And this podcast is for myself. I record albums for myself. I do things for me. And DMX is a person who really truly made me feel like I could do that because one thing Lance is going to talk about in this podcast is, you know, DMX was different from other guys in the industry and he always did his own thing. And I, you know, that personally spoke to me. It made me feel I could do my own thing. But just on that voice level, like, man, I always, I felt like, oh, I sound stupid. I sound terrible. And then I hear this dude come along who like makes it his everything. And suddenly I'm like, oh shit, you know, maybe I could be something. That didn't mean I ended up being anything, but it's just like, he was aggressive on the microphone and made me want to be aggressive. He was gravelly and true to his own voice and it made me want to do those things he made me fall in love and learn more about new york hip-hop and ultimately to learn more about the game itself because you know again i had been so obsessed with west coast rap and everything to do with that that i had never even like spent extensive time thinking about new york rap and then dmx comes along and it just sort of changes everything and not that anyone could ever hope to emulate him or be him in that area but it just you know it's it meant everything to me, truthfully. And just musically, like, you know, I mean, <sighs> who hits harder than that? Like, just who comes harder than DMX? Like, DMX is one of those dudes you don't want to feature on your song because he's going to roast you. <laughs> you know, he's going to come through with a 16 or a 32, and it's just going to be so incredibly hard that it's going to make you look weak, you know? And he was always that way. And, I think the biggest thing is that this new album needs to be treated with like, like it needs to be treated like a fucking piece of art, like, like the great work that it's going to be, because this is DMX's return, man, and he didn't even make it to see it. So whoever is involved in producing this album, whoever is, you know, whoever is in charge of making sure that this gets done properly, I implore you, I beg of you, make sure that you honor this man, because... I mean, look at all the stories that have come out. You don't hear a bad thing about this dude since he passed. Like, you know, videos of him with his kids and you're just hearing good things. DMX was a good person 
who had troubles and got on a good path, but my God, was he a great MC. And, you know, here's the other thing about DMX that I think that we don't ever talk about. He is obviously one of the greatest rappers of all time. He's obviously one of the toughest, most badass OGs of all time. But he is also one of the best lyricists ever. DMX is on that level with, like, Tupac in terms of guys who are incredibly real but also incredibly raw and open. You know, like, Tupac and DMX will talk to you about their depression, or nights when they were, you know, so sick that they felt like they couldn't make it and wanted to die. Like, these guys will bring you the real. That is truly what DMX did. And, like, putting him in the same breath as Tupac, you should be doing that. DMX should be listed among the greats in the game of all time. He's, he's one of the best. Like, I, I, he's, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and rank rappers, but you saw some people try to say that all this love for DMX is just retroactive. No, that you don't know DMX and that you didn't participate in his career is your own goddamn fault. X is one of the best rappers of all time. He should be among the greats. He, his albums are number one all the time. I don't need to sit here and go through. It's Dark as Hell is Hot, The Great Depression, Grand Champ. No matter what you want to talk about, pick one. Pick an album. There's bangers on that album. There's real shit on that album. It's just what it is, man. DMX is one of the greatest rappers to ever live. One of the greatest lyricists to ever live. And this is a sad fucking time. And I just wanted to talk about it. And um, because it just, you know, it seemed... I just wanted to talk about the man who meant so much to me. And unfortunately, while we were talking about it, he passed. And I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't have, I don't know. I, maybe the timing was imperfect. I just was heartbroken. This is a person that I've idolized for so long. And I just wanted to talk about what he meant to me. And, you know, I will say like this does, I want to get back behind the microphone in the studio in here. And I want to rap again. I want to, I've been working on, uh, truthfully, uh, Josiah posted, uh, Josiah Johnson, you know, everyone's favorite NBA Twitter dude posted a clip of DMX and Jay-Z rapping. That sample can't really be found. I'm working on recreating that instrumental because it's a sample off a track that no one can find. I'm working on recreating that. I just want to do things involved in rap because I just miss DMX so badly right now. And he is someone who inspired me so much. And, you know, just musically again, like, I try to be aggressive and gravelly and tough on the microphone, even if I'm rapping about whatever, because DMX inspired me to like be that way, to be as hard as I can as myself while still opening up and saying what I'm really thinking. And so I don't know if, I don't know if it comes across when I'm recording what an influence that dude was on, was on me, but he always was. And I'm never in the studio when I am recording few and far between that I do do that. But I'm never in there not thinking about dudes like DMX and what, you know, what his music meant to me. And like when I'm, you know, when I'm going to record, I'm playing X, going to give it to you on repeat, just like hyping myself up. And it just, you know, it's, you know, or or you or, I, or I'll, you know, go again. I, I loved Grand Champ. Shot Down was one of my favorite songs. Um, you know, hear DMX yell uh, G-Unit was some crazy shit. Like there's just, I'm not, I don't want to, it's. I'm not going to sit here and list. I'm not trying to play Mr. Catalog or something. It just, DMX meant a lot to me as an artist. And this is hard. And so I'm going to go ahead and and um, bring in the other conversation I have with John and Lance now.
John is at underscore a guy named John, J-O-N, on Twitter. Um, and he's going to actually plug a couple of his podcasts at the end here. And then Lance is a Daleks Mavericks beat writer for uh, at Death Pen Hoops. Uh, and you can follow him on Twitter at Lance underscore 972. Um, at one point on this podcast, Lance had to jump off, so you'll miss him. But uh, me and John just finished it off. So um, please enjoy. Um, and again, this is really this stuff is really raw. We're just really talking about our emotions and how we feel about this stuff. So hopefully that comes across uh, appropriately. Let's just go ahead and dive in, man. Um, I, and number one, first, I'm like thrilled to hear off the top that DMX is actually live. When we first talked about doing this, um, just talking about DMX's life, it seemed like he had passed away. Then obviously the tweet, tweet went viral. It turns out it was, you know, a, based off a misunderstanding or whatever. So I'm very happy to hear that DMX is alive, but it does seem like we're sort of, you know, this is an inevitability at this point. If he's been brain dead for this long, it's, this is a sad day. Um, but I wanted to do this just because I wanted to talk about how much I love DMX and, you know, just hearing from you guys, just starting off, like, when did you guys first, like, what made you a DMX fan? What made you guys, John, we'll start with you. Like, when did you first love DMX? You know, so I was, I was thinking about that, uh, you know, last night, especially like, when it hits like oh this this very well could be the end and you kind of have to reckon with like where did this guy's life and his music intersect with your own because you know not that i had like a great upbringing or i you know i had all these luxuries but i definitely came from a different part of the world than dmx so what about his music resonated with me and i had to really think about it like what i was i want to say when i first heard him I'm 31 now. I'm going to be 32 soon. I must have been nine or 10 years old, maybe a little bit younger. And how does a, a kid like me, you know, who, who doesn't come from that environment, how do I find any common ground with it? And I think initially it's just like the, his songs were catchy. His singles were catchy. But as you get older and you dive into the music, you realize, uh, you know, and, and as someone who loves punk music and hardcore music and, uh, various forms of rock and metal. There was something about X's vulnerable vulnerability, especially at that time when a lot, a lot of rappers uh, really didn't wear their heart on their sleeves. There was something about that. I think that just kind of drew him to me and the older I got and the, you know, the better understanding I had with my own emotions uh, you know, my insecurities, my mental illness, things like that, even if they didn't, directly correlate with what he was going through and what he felt and what his experiences were there were bits and pieces you can kind of take with you you know like uh i can't i can't relate to most of 50 cent songs i can't relate to most of Nas's songs i love those guys but i can't I, I can't fathom what's going on in their head most of the time i just respect them from a technical standpoint whereas with dmx it was always something like there's a heart here you know what i mean and he's he's unashamed to be himself and he's unashamed to uh showcase his flaws for all to see like that was never he never tried to hide them so i think there was just something very early on that resonated with me lance what about you what was it for you okay so uh i'll be honest here my accessibility to to hip-hop and rap like hip-hop culture rap uh music was is not that high when i was young uh I mean, I say unfortunately, but at the same time, like I'm fortunate to have, you know, someone in my life to, you know, 
give me boundaries or whatever. But uh, my guardian wouldn't really even let me watch MTV because she said it stood for uh, mature television. Uh, I know, I, I mean, it technically stood for music television, but even then, like, I question now. But uh, my, my first, I think my first look at DMX was actually on the movie Romeo Must Die, uh, the Jet Li movie. And I mean, I'll be honest, I love those movies. I like the exit wounds and all that. And I don't know, I, I just feel like looking back now, like DMX in his move, in those movies that he was in, I don't want to be disrespectful to his acting, but it's almost like he wasn't acting, that he was just being himself. He's just really authentic. And, and that just, even as a young, what, 10 or nine year old, like that came, like I could feel that through the screen. And, and I always, uh, you know, when I got older, I definitely looked for him, like the Depression album, uh, the Who We Be uh, single was like one of my favorites at the time. And going back and, you know, his double disc album, I think it was his debut in 98, like was huge and uh, very influential. Uh, those are, that's my definitely my first uh, look at DMX. And as I got older, uh, so like my favorite artists, like besides Nas is Joe Budden. And like Joe Budden takes a lot from DMX and he will, he publicly says it. You know, like DMX is uh, one of his favorite rappers and how DMX was so open about like his flaws as a human, like his drug problems and, and his abandonment issues and his just depression. Like, but at the same time, like he still had like the love of like the streets, like of like Rough Riders, the locks, like all those guys rocked with him despite like, you know, his setbacks. So like that says a lot about him to me as a character or not a character, but as a person is off and once again his authenticity which i think uh is synonymous with dmx like when you think of authenticity you think of him because despite him being one of the biggest artists in the 90s and at that point he was bigger than jay-z which is is crazy to say now like a lot of people that weren't from back then they may not know but he was bigger than jay you know uh it was it was to the point where murder inc like almost didn't happen like the way it was going to happen with like the pop stars and whatnot it was going to be DMX, Ja, and and uh, and Jay to a certain extent, but uh, that's how big X was, man. Like, and and it just saddens me, like that. Despite like all that, like it it just shows you it doesn't really matter, like the money and stuff. Like, there's still demons that we deal with every day, and it, I'm just it makes me sad that he that he's he's going through this despite like all the money and all that because it just. It's such a huge reminder that it doesn't matter how much money you had that you still have to conquer these things. And uh, I'm sorry if I'm rambling, but it just, it sickens me, man. No, it's, it sucks. no, you're, you're right. And the, he's 50, you know, is the other thing too. It's like, I'm 34 right now. He's 16 years older than me. Like that shit, like that hits you when you, it's not like this dude is, you know, significantly older or something. This man just is, can't escape his demons. And is, you know, essentially repeatedly going through, I mean, truthfully, what a lot of us have gone through with, you know, drug and addiction problems. And to one point that you made about um, his his films, have either of you ever seen Never Die Alone, which is DMX and David Arquette? Yeah, it's a very good movie, surprisingly. I don't really? think it gets talked about enough. David I, Arquette? David Arquette. Scream? Is that the yes. guy from Scream? Yes. Wow. It is, honestly, it is a great movie. It's incredibly dark. It's not, I mean, it, it has some themes that are certainly not like loved in today's world, but uh, just from the portrayal of Lance, I think you said, you know, he just portrayed himself 
that movie is as it seemed like it was DMX being what he envisioned himself as. And it's like, and David Arquette is, it's, it's an interesting movie. Essentially, David Arquette finds this autobiography written by a drug dealer named King David, who is DMX. And he's trying to get this uh, autobiography made into a movie. He's like pitching it. And so basically as he pitches it, we go through, you know, DMX's life in the movie. It's, it's really interesting, oh, but that's, that's really cool. Uh, have you seen it recently or I have not watched it fairly recently. Okay. So I, I don't know. Um, it's been a few years, so it may not hold up as well, especially in terms of like, there are some really dark themes of like, it's been hit for like misogynist themes for certain interactions with women in the film. And there is some truth to it, but it's also, that's more about the story and the portrayal than it is anything about like, you know, how DMX felt about women or something. I feel like people are kind of missing the narrative on that, but it's a really good movie. Um, my, honestly, my first interaction with DMX, um, I was, you know, I was a little late to the party, truthfully, on DMX. Um, I really didn't know about him until like 2002, 2003. Like I didn't really know about him very well until then. Um, and it was, I think I told this story on Twitter, like I was driving home from working in my stepfather's office and um, I was in uh, just stuck in traffic. And here in Phoenix, there's like one radio station that plays rap, like especially, you know, in 2002, there was like literally one. And so they were debuting, they debuted um, Mesmerize by Ja Rule and Ashanti. And then they played X Gonna Give It To You right after that. And it was, this was kind of at the peak of when DMX and Ja Rule were starting to really fucking hate each other. And, you know, I just lost my fucking mind hearing this song. And, you know, I I then realized, oh, this is the Rough Riders anthem guy. You know, I put two and two together back then because I, um, I was just, you know, like I said, I wasn't as well-versed in New York rap, truthfully. But everything you guys said about his you know, his emotion, how raw he was, how vulnerable, that is all truthfully what connected with me as well. And also what caused some of my biggest problems with him, because like, you know, I've, as I've talked about before, like, uh, you know, DMX is as incredibly transphobic lyrics, especially mm -hmm. on like where the hood at. Uh, yeah. And so stuff like that is difficult for me because of what I have gone through. But also like, I also watched DMX later in his life. I know that Christians are, transphobic but in, in some cases they are but i just mean like as he's become more focused on religion and trying to become a good person you could see the guy just changed his mentality on a lot of things and i don't ever think that any of that was i think you grow up in a certain place and you have certain beliefs given to you and so i just don't i don't know i've never heard anyone say a bad thing about this guy i had a friend who was a pa on one of his music videos and said he was awesome like it just you don't hear bad things about him. His lyrics are dark and like we talked about, but it's like when you're literally sitting here, like going through, like I've had problems with drugs and alcohol as well. And, you know, we don't need to sit here and enumerate all of that. But when I'm literally sitting here, like, and I can't even figure out how to deal with something. And then I hear this person who has a hundred million dollars, essentially saying the same shit in a way that, uh, just so few people are open like that. And I think that's what connected Eminem to people too, right? Is like Eminem will literally sit here and rap about his problems with his mother. <laughs> like we can relate to that. And so it's just, all that stuff is relatable. And it just, 
this hurts, man. I just, like, what do you do in this situation when, like, how do you, the guy's repeatedly going to the hospital. Like, I don't even know how to deal, you know? Like, I just, this stuff hurts me because it's one of those things where you're like, you're sitting here watching someone over and over go through this and there's literally nothing you can do as a fan, but it's like, oh, I wish there were people in his life that he was able to reach out for it. Just this situation is painful for me, like extremely. I watched my sister go through this. I've watched friends go through this. You just, it's hard, man. And yeah, I mean, it's something, so uh, I, I, I don't mind talking about it a little bit or bringing it up. I'm sure I've brought it up on, on Twitter before, but my, uh, my biological parents, both of, uh, both of them were drug addicts and, uh, you know, I don't know how many times they they were given chances to do right, you know, to kick the habit, you know, like, oh, your kids are being taken away from you. You know, your your house is being taken away from you. Your money is gone. You're in rehab two, three, four times. And, you know, some people it takes a couple months. Some people it takes a few years. Some people never learn, you know, and I have to, you know, as a fan, obviously we're going to put someone like DMX on a pedestal and we're going to think, oh, he's greater than us. So obviously I want to feel like, yes, he can kick this at any point in time. He's got the ability to, but sometimes, you know, addiction just has, has a hold of you and, and there's just no amount of, of, of therapy and no amount of love and support is, is going to help you unless you want to do it yourself. And it's one of those situations where like not to make, ex a victim but he's also not solely responsible for it it's it's mental illness right you know at the end of the day that's what it boils down to so trying not to be too hard on him but one of the things that i i was thinking about last night like as i was like just kind of like going through his discography and kind of thinking about music in general uh and the influences uh or the people he influenced you know musically it's like he, I think he said it himself uh, in an interview. I saw it on Twitter that like if he died, his last thought would be like, "Oh, I've had a good life." And I think that's 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 a great point. And I find some as a fan some solace in that. And uh, you know, if he passes, obviously I'm not feeling bad for him. I'm feeling bad for his fans. Yep. Uh, I'm feeling bad for his family yep. first and foremost. Uh, but I think there's a legacy that he's passed on, much like with Kobe Bryant. You know, when he passed away, like we're still seeing the impact that he had on the game and the impact that he had on his peers, you know, still alive in, in the game today. And I think, you know, we will find some solace in that, you know, that his legacy, you know, will live on for another couple generations and, you know, we'll always have his music. And, you know, I think as hard as it is to admit, like we should as fans at least find solace in that. And, you know, we should put our thoughts and prayers, obviously, if you're a religious person or, you know, if you're into like energy and vibes or whatever it is, you know, like obviously put it towards, you know, DMX recovering, but if nothing else, put it towards his family. You know what I mean? Cause they're the ones who are going to have to live with the, the potential devastation of this all. Yeah. And, and, you know, what you, what you said about his impact I, and Lance, I think you'll agree with this is there will never be another DMX, no matter what happens, no matter who comes in, nobody is ever going to, especially with the way rap has changed and the style and where rappers, you know, come from their attitude. Like there's just never going to be another guy that's as real, as raw, as emotional, as connected ever. It'll never happen again. 
without the ego as well. Yeah. yeah. DMX is anti-celeb to me, man. That's why that's once again, that's that's another thing that that I like about him that I mean, obviously the la- I'd say what the last 10, 10, 12, 13, 15 years, he's kind of been in and out of jail and, and all this other stuff. But even before then, like you didn't look at him like as some like superstar. You just looked at him as like a a, a dude that can that can rap and that happens to be in movies too. He didn't treat himself like that in the media. He never put himself on some crazy pedestal. That's the fans that did that. He never came out and said, I'm the greatest or now, obviously in his music, he was uh, very uh, boisterous and whatnot, but I mean, that's hip hop, you know, that's how it goes. But like, he never like put himself out there as like the greatest or, or just like shit on people to shit on people. If he shit on you is because he really didn't like you and you, because you probably did something terrible you know, it wasn't like he went out of his way to like make somebody look bad, man. Like, and that's why I think a lot of people in the industry like him, you know, and, and, and it's sad that, uh, like, I don't know his family situation. I don't know his support situation. And he has 15 children. Okay. So that, that is, uh, hopefully like, you know, they had some kind of relationship with him that, you know, they love him or, or whatever, but even then, like going back to, to how he lived like and you know uh Jonathan Saint has some sauces for for him and his like you know what seems to be imminent I hate even say I don't even want to say it man because I know it's, it's I don't like saying that something's gonna happen even though it may happen I you know sorry pardon me but uh <sighs> shit oh my god guys is it like okay put it like this for what DMX how he lived before, even before his career popped off in the, in the late nineties and where he came from, like life expectancy for, for people in that situation is honestly not that high. Right. So I guess you can say that he has lived a good life because most people in that situation don't make it out. Like you're, you're dying at 21, 22, 23, maybe before that, you know, get hit by a stray or get killed by a police officer, what have you. Uh, he, I mean, he has lived a good life. He made it out and, and he's very inspirational. As you can see, three guys like that don't really talk to each other, like outside of Twitter, like we're on here talking about them, you know? And, and it's the one that thing that makes me bad is that like, uh, so I messed up, right? I thought he passed away. I saw a bunch of people say it. So what I could do, I went on Twitter and said, recipes, DMX, I'm about to go listen to your music. I get a I get a message from someone uh, very important to me and he's like, Hey man, it's not confirmed. Take that down, please. And I was like, okay, we'll do. And then I go for the next 10, 15 minutes and tell everybody else, Hey guys, he's not passed away. And everyone's like, nah, man, he's dead. He's dead. I'm like, well, until the family comes out and confirms it, or, you know, it's probably not a good look for us to like say he's dead if they're not saying he's dead. So, and I don't know, man, I just, it's freaking it sucks, man. I feel like uh, I know every year people pass away, right? Celebrities and non-celebrities. But I just this this last couple of years, it's just like some very influential character or uh, people have passed away. Like, and I know yeah. that whatever you believe in, higher power or not, like everyone has a time. But man, like fifty years old is it may be old in hip hop, but it's not old in real life, man. Like, no. And John, you made the comparison to Kobe. And I think that's literally an incredibly good comparison because like 
his, I mean, he, yeah, his impact on the game is beyond outside. Like both of you said, like, I mean, Lance, I think you said, you know, he didn't treat himself like a superstar. Like, you know, this is not a dude who, you know, was at every sports arena all the time watching games or trying to, you know, buy teams or he's on ESPN or whatever. He's just recording new albums. He's making movies. He's grinding. He's doing what he wants to do. This is a dude who literally started his career. I think he was literally started by trying to sell mixtapes in the like ads in the back of the source. Like dude literally was a grinder from day one. And it's, you know, I just, and that's what kills me is like, is it's amazing how you can see someone who has that much work ethic, who has that much effect and who can impact that many people still also has, you know, all these problems. It's just, you know, that's, that's part of life. And it kind of makes what he's done even more amazing. Like he only has one album that didn't debut at number one on the billboard top 200. Like he's, every single time he dropped an album. And that's one thing that pissed me off when he first, when this news first dropped, like that he had, you know, the OD, you get all these fucking kids out here. Like no one likes DMX. No one cares. Watch all these people pretend to be DMX, man, man, fuck you. Just because you weren't that's paying attention. Man. Yeah, dude, fuck that shit. I hate that kind of shit. I've seen it all over the place. And I know that if we're going to sit here and judge people by what douchebags say on Twitter, then it's going to be a really dark day, but anyone who doesn't know the impact of this dude that's on you you're not paying attention and so i just really hope that whatever it is that occurs whether you know i don't yeah I, I, like i agree with plans i don't want to speak on it but i just hope that whatever it is that occurs i hope that everyone on the peripheral of music fans whatever i hope that everyone gives this man his due because there's just no again there will never be another dmx it, there's the world has changed so much that the authenticity of rappers pretty much always comes into question, no matter what at this point. And there's no way to question the authenticity of that man. And we'll never have anyone like that again. And I just, you know, it's the beat marches on the world continues, but it doesn't mean that this isn't like heartbreaking it's like, I know that he had like largely stepped out of music, but it's like, this means like there's never going to be, you know, some grand return album or something. Like, I know that there wasn't going to be probably, but just, you know, when you lose those things, those are things I hope for. Like, God, uh, yeah, I don't know. I Well, I mean, to, to try to be an optimist here, obviously we don't know all the the circumstances surrounding what, when ha- what happened with Lamar Odom all those years ago. True. But by and large, I remember thinking like, oh man, Lamar Odom's dead. He's going to, like, he's, you don't lose you don't lose oxygen to the brain that long and you don't stay in a vegetative state for that long and come out of it okay and i, I don't again i'm not looking at his wikipedia or anything but i feel like it was about a week or so maybe two weeks and then we we hear like oh he's breathing again on his own yep and he's back at it like granted he's a professional athlete probably physically in in superior shape than what dmx is but like there's there's optimism that you you just you just never know and you know it's not my place to make a decision if that's for his family to decide what they're gonna do mm. but part of me hopes like you know it, it doesn't hurt to wait it out a couple more days you know oh yeah i just i mean if if he's if the reports are true about like where he is you know in his brain right now like what kind of functions are you know happening or not happening 
you know, I would look at at similar cases like Lamar Odom. Like, how long did that happen before yeah. he pulled out of it? You know, granted, the doctors know better than us too. But like, selfishly, I just like it's all right. So it's sort of funny when I was a kid, my biggest fear was being pronounced dead when I wasn't, <laughs> and then having to climb my way out of a out of a coffin or something. That's a really dark so like, fear for a kid. <laughs> yeah, well, I had a traumatic childhood, so fair enough. But uh, yeah, like so, my heart is telling me like just give him just give him time. He'll 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 be able to bounce out of this. Like, I think I think it's human nature to want the best for others. I think good or bad, and like if someone is a is a serial murder, my my instinct is to be like, you know, I I hope this guy finds some sort of redemption. And is able to, you know, make sense and some valid validity, you know, for his life. You know, even in the worst people, I want better things. You know, I want some sort of redemption. And I feel like he, you know, even if this had never happened, I think, like you said, we had all been kind of, whether we knew it or not, subconsciously hoping for his triumphant return. Like, there's no reason why Eminem and Jay-Z and Nas are still able to have the level of success that they have at their age and DMX shouldn't be able to, you know what I mean? Exactly. So I think, you know, selfishly again, I'd love for him to pull through this just so he can get that triumphant return. Oh, you know? oh my God. Can you imagine, like imagine the album, like, you know, like yeah. even God can't kill me or like, you know, he would just, no, you, yeah. you would just go. I would, I would love that more than anything. And you're right. Lamar Odom is, is a perfect comp, but you know, if nothing else, this is proof that like there is a serious mental health element to the whole toxic masculinity thing, because look at how many rappers we lose. Like ODB is another guy who died from, you know, an OD and had a heart attack. And it's like, you know, so many of these guys are using so much just to deal. And, it, you know, there we certainly, you know, it's, it's like the whole uh, uh, Chester Bennington and, um, uh, I I can't remember the guy from Soundgarden. I believe it's like just Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell, yeah. 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 Just just because you're famous, you know those things make me sad because it's like, man, you have access to all the mental health, all the best, everything, and you still can't. Like it's just sad. And this, so I, I think I know this I is different. Interrupt you. Um, I think he just passed. Oh, did he? Oh, uh, okay. Player just reported it. All right, I'm about uh, to go on Twitter and yeah. Uh, no, TMZ just reported it oh, too. Well. That's I don't want to say gospel, but that's good as legit, I guess. Yeah. Man, that's well, there you go. I mean, that's <sighs> I mean, this just I don't know. I just this sucks. Like I, I don't, you know, this is it's just I don't know. I, I like I I'm it's like I I find myself at a loss for words. Like I don't know. I, you know, I mean, I don't know. I honestly don't even know what else to say. Like, this is this guy has meant a lot to me. I literally just started crying when this news came out last night. Like, even my girlfriend like came up to me and offered me her weed vape because she knows how much I idolize TMX. Like, you know, this shit just sucks. And well, well, you know, we're uh, uh, Lance. How old are you? I'm thirty. So we're all you know in our thirties, and you know, it's it's tough because you know. You, were, you use the word idol. And as you get older, you have less and less in those for whatever yep. reasons. You grow out of them. Uh, they make bad decisions and you move away from them. Yep. Your values change. You move away from them. Yep. Uh, and then sometimes 
they pass. And that's tough because you didn't get to choose that. You know what I mean? Like, again, I'll use Kobe Bryant. Like, I, I'm a Magic fan, uh, secondary Magic fan. <laughs> Sorry, guys. That's my dog. Um, he's Big a dog. That, that, he's, he's a in honor of DMX. There we go. Hey, uh, <laughs> there we it go. Stay, it stays in the yeah. podcast. He knows. But, uh, you know, I'll let this right out in case you want to edit it. Where are my dogs at? Hey, bud, relax. I know. Oh All right. Oh, so uh, it's literally the perfect tribute, man. Yeah. So like being a, a, a primarily a Magic fan and having battles against the Lakers and Kobe Bryant, like. I and especially with Shaq leaving the Magic to go to the Lakers, I had nothing but disdain for the Lakers. And I went from idolizing Kobe Bryant as a child to middle school and high school, just like uh, get this guy off my fucking screen. I can't, I can't deal with it. And then sometime after the 2009 NBA Finals, when the Lakers kicked our ass, um, something changed in me. It's like I respected this man and. As an adult, not even as a basketball player or anything, as an adult, I was like, this is someone I kind of respect and I look up to and I idolize. And so when he passed, that was hard to, to, to reconcile. I was like, how do, how, do I, how do I make sense of this? And I think, you know, it's going to be the same for a lot of us in regards to DMX, especially guys, you know, 30s, 40s and older. Like it's like good and bad like we may have kind of forgotten about him over the last decade or so like if you're not a hip-hop guy or you're not a pop culture guy he may have kind of slipped your mind but this is gonna this is gonna rattle a lot of people and i think i i hope you know just from a musical standpoint like generations that are younger than us what is it gen gen z Mm. i hope this is an opportunity for them to dive into uh his music. I hope this this leads them into an interest in uh, somebody who likely inspired uh, their current taste in music. Yep. You know, inspired their favorite artist, or maybe their parents, or their uncles, or their older cousins, or whatever it is. Uh, I think the same happened with with uh, what's the guys that Kurt Cobain. You know, like this guy passed away too young. And to this day, there are people still discovering Nirvana, and it's it, to them it's it's refreshing because it is authentic. And you know, just from a musical standpoint, as a as someone who appreciates uh, rap as an art form, I, I I hope that's his legacy, at least musically speaking. And I think for us, I hope his legacy remains what we've talked about over this last 35, 40 minutes. Like we've mostly talked about who he was as a person. We we didn't really talk much about his music. Yeah, I hope that's his lasting legacy for for our generation. That's that's true. And by the way, Complex is also confirming that he passed away, and they were one of the first ones to talk to his manager and say that uh, he was not dead last night. So it's definitely true at this point, and very sad. And as far as his music goes, yeah, I agree with you. It's you know, and I intended to sit here and you know, I because like Grand Champ is. I love that CD so fucking much, even with some of the complicates. It's just a CD that I love. I still love to listen to it. Um, you know, I just, it's, it's tough, man. And yeah, I mean, I, at this point it's, yeah, I, and I think, you know, the fact that I can sit here and we can talk, like you said, for 35 minutes about who DMX was a person and about his impact and not even sit here. And like, like, I don't even, we know 
the catalog and everything, but it's like you said, that just goes so far into who he is and um, he just had that level of impact. So um, in any case, man, um, is there any other thoughts you had on this or? Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to many of uh, our Twitter followers kind of coming together on this. I think for me personally, the last month or so has been an awful time for me, Twitter wise, just a lot of hostility and cancerous behavior. And I've taken part in it, I'm sure. So it'll be nice if, you know, where NBA Twitter and kind of pop culture and rap kind of intersect. I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, doing this more on the timeline with other people. You know what I mean? I yeah. think it, it, it'll be a nice little therapy session uh, for us all. You know, I'm sure as soon as we get off this, I'm going to, I don't know if I'll cry, but I'll do one of those, those, you know, where you got the knot in your chest yep. and you just feel sick to your stomach. I'm sure I'm going to sit there and have that happen. And then like anything else, we'll go on Twitter. We'll share our favorite DMX memories. Um, we'll share our favorite songs and, will uh you know unknowingly or unknowingly fight to kind of keep his legacy going hell yeah because uh, yeah i it doesn't sit right with me that this younger generation doesn't know and yeah like you said i mean i hate to like i'm not trying to but we need to yeah you have to take this as an opportunity to educate the people about how good dmx has been and what he meant to the industry like again six straight albums debuted at number one on the billboard 200 to start his fucking career. That's not a thing, you know, and, you know, starting in 1998, considering how the way rap was treated and um, you know, how it was charted, the fact that he was still able to do it then and carry it for over a decade, you know, I just, the shit is incredible. And yeah, th this needs to be the, the opportunity to, to educate everyone on that. So. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to my, uh, my sister. She's 20. 20 maybe 21 no she's 20 and over the last like two years or so she's gotten really into hip-hop and uh, she listens to a lot of the stuff that's out now and i don't want to call it trash but it, it to me it's trash in my opinion it's trash but i'm never going to tell somebody uh that what they like isn't good but uh she's also been diving into stuff that's 10 15 years old and you know i'm hoping the next time i see her to be able to, to show her some DMX. It might be a little bit too too raw and aggressive for her, but you know maybe his vulnerability will kind of you know resonate with her the way it resonated with us. So Yeah, you got to pick through some of the, you know, some of it again. It's I remember when I first bought Grand Champ, it was we bought the uncensored copy of Grand Champ and we threw on Where the Hood at and that song was still literally censored because of the transphobic comments in that song it was literally the uncensored copies they it was like when Eminem cds were still censored like their lawyers literally wouldn't let him say it kind of shit yeah <laughs> like and so yeah I, like again that stuff aimed directly at me is difficult but also i you know it again like the world has changed and i personally believe it's not all from a hateful place in, in any case um i no. thank you so much for doing this man i really greatly appreciate it this is um i thank you so much for coming on i really fucking appreciate it and i hope we talk more and do you want to plug anything your show um uh, yeah I, i'll i'll do it briefly um lance actually left i know he's got uh some stuff that he probably yeah i'll pre the plug i'll pre-plug so his show on the yeah i'll do it on the front end of this and see yeah lance had cool. to jump off so i'll make sure i plug his yeah. stuff for sure cool so yeah for me i mean it, 
I, I didn't really do this to, to plug anything, but while I'm here, you know, I have two podcasts, an Orlando Magic based podcast that's uh, not really ever been a, a priority or focus for me, but it's part of a larger network, a larger blog based thing uh, called the Close Up Magic. Their main podcast is a pretty popular one. Uh, I've written some articles for them. So if you ever want to check out my uh, opinion on Orlando Magic, related things um you can find me there and then i have uh, another podcast that's kind of tailored to pop culture and music food movies things like that uh called friends with boredom uh i that's kind of my passion project and likely with like with the news i'm probably going to hop on uh within the next day or so to to record my you know thoughts about what's going on but again uh this shouldn't be about me or no, any no. of us really it should be about dmx but, and his family especially and his children I, I there's a video i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna leave it off on this but there's a video of him in orlando four years ago uh i'm sure you've seen it where he's riding that uh that one ride that shoots you in the air mm-hmm. and he's with his daughter mm-hmm. and uh i'm trying not to like lose it here but like she's so scared she must be like four or five years old and he's just yelling daddy's here daddy's here daddy's got you and like that that breaks my heart and i hope that little girl like remembers how much her dad cared for her i don't know what you know how in his in their life he is for all his children but i don't doubt for a moment that he he didn't love his family and you know i hope well he hasn't recorded in like 13 years so i mean it certainly seems that he's been spending time with his i mean he's not he really hasn't been that active so it certainly seems like he's spending his time with his family which if if that is what he's been doing then man good for him for just focusing on that it's more important yeah and you know again his fellow rappers never had a bad thing to say about him and you know i hope people he's worked with have you know can can find peace in like i said earlier that he's he's had a good life so yeah i'll end it on that on my part thank you so much man for coming on i really appreciate it and um i i I agree with everything honestly truthfully every single thing you you said about his uh you know emotions and profound impact on you and how raw it was all that stuff is the same for me and it meant that for a long time and that's why i really uh, you know, wanted to talk about this. And honestly, I'm glad we were able to talk about this, even if it wasn't just about the music, because I have so many emotions and I'm like you, as soon as this ends, I'm, I don't know what, I, I don't know what's gonna, it still hasn't hit me. I, Cause it, you know, it hit me and then it wasn't true. And now, you know, and I can feel it settling in and it's just, uh, yeah. it's just one of those things. You're so. not supposed to, you're not supposed to see your superheroes die. It's just, it's just how it is. Yeah. And yeah. It's been 2020 and 2021 have been rough for that. Well, yeah. thanks again, man. I really appreciate you. And I uh, hope we have you on soon some other time. Maybe we'll talk uh, about more positive stuff. Yeah, man. All right. Thanks for having me on. Peace. And just one last thing. Um, if you know someone who is struggling, whether it's with depression or substance abuse or anything like that, please reach out. Please Take an extra second and check on those around you. And it may seem like something where you're like, oh, I'm being holier than thou and I don't want to push things on people or whatever. But truthfully, like, you never know when caring a little bit more than usual and looking out for someone a little bit more than usual might make the difference. And, you know, just love and cherish everyone around you because you just never know when anything's going to happen. And 
I just hope the best for every single person who listens to this podcast. I want you and yours to prosper and have the best 2021, 2022, and forevermore. So peace to you and yours. Love those around you. And don't ever be afraid to reach out because sometimes it's honestly everything you can do to save someone's life. So just do the best you can. The world is hard. Love those around you. Cherish those around you. And let's remember DMX as the badass that he was. Let's bang DMX tunes for eternity. Let's never let anyone forget the impact that he had on the game and all of us. And that's the Blunt Doctor Show. I hope you have a good Saturday night. Peace.